This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, it's time to turn it over to our, our dear, dear listeners for their Twitter mailbag questions. Uh, and, and we got plenty again this week, Brian. Uh, it, it always amazes me. You you and I sit here and we try and figure out what what you know what are we going to talk about for all this time. And, you know, we just throw it over to the, the listeners and three times a week they give us 20 different things to talk about. So I always great job. It. They really do. Jeff Johnson asks, do you think there's a real chance Kelvin Joseph isn't on the roster this year? I would have said no heading into camp, but man, Deron Bland and Nishan, I know we've talked about Bland, but Bland and Wright to me have been better. Kelvin Joseph had a really great day on Tuesday, but you want to talk about consistency and just the entire camp they put together and then factoring in all the other problems off the field, in the locker, with the maturity it's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I at least say it's more possible than I thought on July 27th. Yeah. I, 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 if they would have gotten rid of him, it would have been before they went to training camp. They, once he got clear, I mean, once he went and talked to the Dallas police from that point on, he was at practice the next day, the OTAs and all that. And uh, the mini camps, he was there for that. Uh, Didn't practice all the time, but if they were going to get rid of him, it would have been right after what happened with the Dallas police department. And that didn't, that did nothing. So I, I think that Kelvin Joseph is, is clearly on your football team. Who do you think had the biggest hand in that? Like, like not wanting to give up on him. Was that Dan Quinn? Do you think that was a, a Stephen Jones personnel department? Who I think that, I think that Dan Quinn, obviously Will McClay and Dan Quinn are extremely close. Yeah. Very close. And I, I have a feeling that that Will will do everything in his power to help Dan Quinn defensively. Not to say he doesn't help Kelvin, uh, Kellen Moore and what's going on with the offense, but if Dan needs something, they will go and try and make that happen. Will has the utmost respect for him, and I feel like that you know Kelvin Joseph was something that Dan Quinn stuck his neck out on, and so I think they want to let see if that can that can make it through. Question from uh, Jesus Flores. He says, uh, how is Isaac Alarcon looking? I got to say, I, I haven't noticed him a ton. Um, I mean, I've watched, I've tried to pay attention to him on a couple snaps, but I haven't noticed him good or bad a ton. The thing that has stood out to me, though, is when I would get up here on the Pacific Coast for the Sean and RJ hit, which I would do at 6 a.m. Pacific time, I was strolling in here at 5.30 in the morning, and every single morning, Isaac Alarcon was out on that football field by himself doing pass sets and and working on things. And so I at least have a tremendous respect for his work ethic. And he is a mountain of a man. I, I know that they they believe in his skill set and they're trying to mold him into an NFL player. Um, 
but you know, that's it's it was always going to take some time, Brian. I don't know if you noticed him at all, but but that is the one thing that I, I did want to mention that question because I did want to say I was very impressed that he was out there every single morning before the sun was up by himself working on the practice field. I'm going to be real honest about this. I felt like the learning curve was going to be pretty steep, but I also felt like that I was going to see more development from what he's done with the weight program, being on practice squad, working against, you know, getting those reps every day, working on the, on the scout team and stuff like that. I want to go keep an eye. I'm going to keep an eye on him, these preseason games, because you know, what's going to happen. He is going to play a ton. And so opportunity could lead to other opportunities. I don't think he's going to be on your 53. He's an international player, the practice squad stuff. Maybe somebody sees something with him. And I don't know about claiming or whatever, but maybe it's an opportunity where someone says, listen, this guy has worked long and hard. We're going to claim him and put him on our team, on our 53. I don't see it on the 53 for the Cowboys at this point. Yeah, and uh, I kind of wonder if if they were to hold on to him a little bit longer, do you think any of that is a little bit of PTSD from F.A. Obata? That, that Obata, they walked away from. Effie no, was, he was, you saw him getting better every week. You but he saw was him. Sushi. Yeah. I mean, Alcon has come a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you figure with all the time he spent with the team that, that he would be, you know, it would be like, boy, we're going to put him in there. And he's, boy, he's getting work and all that. He's yeah. going to get playing time, but it's because they're not going to want to probably play others right now. And I'm sorry that sounds really harsh. But I kind of felt like that with all this time that he spent in the system, that maybe that we would have seen a player that could have competed for the 53. Right now, I just don't see that. Question from Ed Schaefer. And I know this is something you've talked about on 105 Through the Fan, so we'll, uh, this will give you an opportunity to kind of flesh it out a little bit. Ed says the report about Joe Philbin and Tyler Smith pick is super concerning. Who ultimately gets their way here? Explain a little bit about what you're hearing about Joe Philbin, Jeff Blask. Yeah, I talked to a couple. Yeah, I talked to a couple of di- different people in the uh, in the organization about this. I'm like, okay, because I was trying to get to the bottom of why Tyler Smith's not a plug and play, and so two different people were kind of commenting about about Joe Philbin and what's the backup? Uh, what's the backup Jeff offensive? Jeff Jeff Blasco. Jeff Blasco. Jeff Blasco is the one, Brian, that is always the loudest on the field screaming, get behind, get behind. That's Jeff Blasco. Okay, Blasco and Philbin were probably, probably they were not as high on Tyler Smith as Mike McCarthy and the scouting department. So, So now I'm thinking, oh, I get it. Now, not to say that Tyler Smith hasn't grown on them, but the two line coaches were not not like everybody else was here, and the line coaches were just like, you know, just a tick below them. Sure. So that – I Tyler – everybody believes that Tyler Smith is going to be the starter at left guard. Everybody I talk to believes that. And and it's not that that that, that Philbin and Blutzko, those guys are – Blasco. Blasco. 
Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but not that they – when he gets the head coach, when he gets a job as the O-line coach, I'll remember his name. But that's, <laughs> but that's the thing that I'm kind of like – I don't think it's a problem, but I, I feel like that, you know, maybe initially that might have been where we're seeing – we're seeing McGovern get the majority of these reps. Well, excuse me, they're splitting reps, but the fact that Tyler Smith isn't immediately a plug and play. And and look, I, I mean, I think we've discussed this a little bit on the pa- podcast. I know you felt like there was also a steep learning curve for Tyler Smith. Do you feel better today about Tyler Smith than you did the day? Yes. Yes. Are you more optimistic Absolutely. about his prospects? Because yes. to me, that's one of the things that. I, I liked him, but I also was like, man, that's gonna it's gonna take a little bit. I've at least I felt like he's further along than I expected him to be even right yeah, now. And, I, and I, feel, I feel good about his work ethic and the personality there. I agree. Uh, next question here. Dean Julia asks, what kind of roles will Anthony Barr and Donovan Wilson have? Like specifically, what will they be asked to do most of the time? I feel like Barr is gonna be asked to do I think Barr might be used interchangeably with Micah Parsons. So some of the how Micah Parsons rushes and plays linebacker does this. I think Barr is going to be doing the same thing kind of when he's on the field with Micah covering whatever Micah is not doing. And so I think they'll kind of swap around. That's That would be what I would anticipate. Um, and Donovan Wilson, I mean, this is a team that uses three safeties a lot. They use two kind of traditionally. Donovan Wilson is a strong. Malik Hooker is a free. And Curse is this linebacker safety hybrid that can do a lot of different things. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you see those roles any differently. I'll tell you what. I feel like the, that the the thing with Wilson, you're right. I think that, you know, how much is he going to play back in coverage as the free? Most of the stuff is going to be probably down, uh, be around the ball, be a tackler, that stuff. Bar, I would say that Bar, they might play less, say this, might play less of that big nickel with curse because you now have a linebacker on the field that can cover, that can rush, can tackle. So I was told, keep an eye on, don't look at him as a Sam linebacker or a Will linebacker or as a Mike linebacker. Look at him as a specialist that can kind of take whatever they need. And I was also hearing about some packages pairing him with Leighton Vanderesh as the two linebackers. And then that will allow Parsons to do what he needs to do along the line. Last question here from uh, Mr. Bombay. Was Fossil wrong for sponsoring the kicker with the big leg? I don't think he was personally because of opportunities to be able to attempt a 60-yarder and actually hit it. Uh, Brian, do you think there's – because we talked about it earlier in the show. It definitely seems like they want somebody with range. Do you think that's at all a little misguided? Should they just – Take the the accurate kicker, the guy who who appears to be accurate, forty within, easy money there, and just you know take that profit and go home. Or, or would you also be of the thinking that like, look, you got to have somebody in this day and age who can hit something for fifty? I like the fact that Mr. Bombay used the word sponsor. I, I think that <laughs> I know that's a Brian Brothers. Folks are listening. Thank you very much for that. Uh, no, I don't think he was wrong because he wasn't alone. You know, early in this broadcast we talked about. I think the college scouts thought the world of the kicker. I think Henry Shroka, who's it works in pro personnel, who does a lot of work with the kickers and charting and helping them and stuff like that. Henry was really, really big on the player. So yeah, it was a small sample size. I just honestly feel like the kid under pressure cracked. I, I do. And I don't think that's anybody's fault. I really, really don't. But I think the pressure of, 
every day, every day, every day. And that's what you – I'm glad you find that out now instead of week three against the Giants, yeah. you know, on a Monday night game, and you're trying to make a field goal to maybe win it. You know, uh, I think that they're – I think that, like I said earlier, he probably will come back on the practice squad with 16 if he doesn't decide to go somewhere else and kick. But I don't think you could blame anybody here. Kickers are a very, very difficult position to evaluate. And I know personally this the years I worked for Jerry Jones in scouting, we had Steve Hoffman. I never one time had to go evaluate a kicker because Steve Hoffman could go to your Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever you uh, Waterburger, wherever you want to go, and he could get 10 guys, and one of those guys was going to be an all-pro. He did it every damn year. So I, I don't blame anybody. It's a, Kicking is a very, very different. Mike McCarthy said it today in the press conference. If you're fortunate enough to have one that's long-term, it takes so much pressure off you as a coach. Final question just for me, Brian. When we return for the Friday episode, who do you think we're talking about as as the star of the combined practice with Denver? I'm, I think what's going to happen is that a lot of these starters, a lot of these guys are going to get really good work. The Dax, the you know the you know Lambs. I think they're all going to get work because I think the the coaches can control the pace of these practices and can control not hitting the quarterbacks and stuff like that. I I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas's offense continues on a good run. We've we've heard from you and others, you know, every day they've gotten a little bit better in some areas. Wouldn't be surprised we hear some positivity about Dak and Lamb and those guys. Be interested to see how they block the fronts and stuff like that. But defensively, is the Cowboys secondary good enough to take what Denver's going to throw at them receiver-wise in those practice? And are they able to get pressure on guys like Russell Wilson in the pocket and stuff like that. If we hear some positivity on the rush and the coverage, I'll be really happy about that because that means it's it's carried over and it's not just that the Cowboys are struggling at those positions, that they honestly are getting better. But I, I, I could see some offensive success and I could also see the defense, especially in the secondary, with some coverage and then with them getting some pass rush. My my star that I think we're going to be talking about if he practices is going to be Rico Dowdle. I think if you see Rico Dowdle go up against one of these teams, you start seeing him flash with that wiggle and everything else. I think yeah. there's a conversation. Well, if you just talk about individual players, I I, I you gotta I think they're gonna have a hard time. Dalton Schultz seems like a guy that's gonna they're gonna run plays and the boots and the waggles and stuff. We'll probably hear Dalton Schultz making some plays along the way. Give him that give him that five year $100 million extension, Brian. All right. Uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday after the Denver practice. We'll have all the notes from there uh, as uh, Brian will be heading to call the Denver game uh, on radio with the great Brad Sham. Uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday.